Thank you for joining us this week on the Community Life Church podcast. Community Life Church is located in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we meet Sundays at 1045 a.m. We would love to have you join us for Sunday. You can find out more about our church by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clifechurchcincy. Today's message is part two of our Easter series titled Resurrection People. We pray that you find great hope and joy in the resurrection of our Lord this week. Well, in the words of the Apostle Peter, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It is, a gr- it is again a great joy to be able to take the time this morning to together open up the words of Scripture and study together the Word of God so that we may come to know this good news in this Easter season that Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. Last week, we talked about what Easter does. And we asked this question, what might Easter do for you? It's a simple question, and it it causes you to consider what might change as a result of living with this resurrection perspective. How does the good news that Christ lives change the way that you interact with your world or change the way that you interact with the scriptures? Last week, we really focused in on the way that this perspective changes the way that we view our relationships. The resurrection, we said, takes us outside of these walls that we have spent our whole lives building up. And the resurrection bridges all of our human divides, right? Between Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female. We are all one in in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And this week, we're continuing to explore what it means for us to live as resurrection people. What does it mean for us to live as people with a resurrection perspective? So to look at this today, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 20. The book of John, chapter 20. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to go ahead and turn there with me to the gospel according to John, chapter 20. John is the fourth book of the New Testament. It's page 988 in my Bible, if that's helpful. But John chapter 20, we're going to be starting our reading in verse 19. And there we read this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, the doors, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray, church. Holy Spirit, here and now, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts across time and space, wherever we may be watching this, we ask that these would be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. 
Amen. Well, in John chapter 20, uh, we have this picture where it's Sunday evening. Earlier that morning, just before this, the disciples discovered that the tomb of Jesus was empty. Jesus had been raised, but he hadn't yet appeared to all his disciples. In the passage immediately before this, Jesus only appears to Mary Magdalene. He tells Mary to go and preach that good news to the others, that Jesus Christ is alive. And so now, it's, it's later in that same day, the disciples are all locked together in this room because they're afraid of what the Jewish leaders might do to them. When I, when I read these sorts of scenes in my Bible, I like to kind of imagine what they might have looked like in my head. I see, I see the disciples. They're all standing there in this dimly lit room. Maybe they're around a table, but they're all arguing, right, about what their next move is going to be. I imagine Peter is the first one to speak up. He says, okay, here's what we know. The body of Jesus is missing. John and I, we were there this morning. We saw the, the strips of linen lying there. The body was nowhere to be found. Now, now Mary, Mary says that she saw Jesus, and he said all this stuff about he's going to be ascending to God. Now, I don't know about all that, but here's what I do know. The priests and the elders, they are not going to be happy with any of this. So, does anyone have any ideas about what we're going to do next? I imagine they're kind of looking around at each other. Maybe no one's really saying a word until all of a sudden this voice uh, speaks up from the back corner of the room. I have an idea. They all turn and look and guess who it is? Jesus. And Jesus shows them where the nails had pierced his hands and where the spear had pierced his side. And then the scripture says that the disciples were overjoyed. And then Jesus said this. He said, here's what you're going to do. Just as the Father sent me, I am now sending you. Now, don't miss these words here. Peace be with you. I, I, Jesus says, I know that you're afraid right now. I know that you're not sure what's coming next. I know that you are scrambling to find a strategy for what might be your next move. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to go out into that world just like the Father sent me, and you're going to go and continue the work that I was sent to do. Now notice here, this is not a new commission. No, what we see here is more like the passing of a torch. It's kind of like when I was a kid and, and my dad told me to watch the grill for him and told me, make sure the steaks don't catch on fire, right? Jesus is calling his disciples to continue the mission that he began. And what is this mission? What is this mission that Jesus began? Well, in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, you can go ahead and write that down. Jesus says these words, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This, friends, is the mission of Jesus, and this is the mission of the church. Freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what Jesus was calling his disciples to continue. 
And this, friends, is why the gospel really is good news. See, Jesus came to bring about a holistic healing and restoration. He comes to heal every wound. And that's what we learn through his ministry. His death and his resurrection are just the capstone of all of this great news. It was just the capstone to show that there's no longer anything in the world that can separate us from God. Neither sickness nor health, death nor life, nor anything in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. See, if we miss the point of God's mission through Christ— then we will never fully understand the mission of the church. Jesus says, The Father has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And now, in John chapter 20, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Friends, this is our Easter calling to pick up that torch and to continue the work that God began in Christ. All of it. Now, in our current day and age, living amid this COVID-19 crisis, I think for a lot of us, it can be easy to question what it really means for us to be Christian, right? Because it used to be, at the very least, being a Christian meant this once-a-week gathering where we would come together, sing a few songs, maybe listen to a guy like me preach or talk to you for 30 minutes. Now, I know, of course, we all know that there's more to it than that, but if nothing else, we always had that weekly gathering to sort of fall back on to, to help us to know that we were being Christian, right? But now, now we can't meet together as we normally would, and as great as it is to be able to Uh, make these video sermons for for all of you to watch, I think we all know that there's something significant that's missing uh, from this interaction. And so the question remains, what does it mean for us to be a Christian amid this COVID-19 crisis? Well, if you're anything like me, uh, you probably think that simply watching these Facebook sermons once a week is just a It's a deeply unsatisfying answer. What does it mean to be a Christian without access to a regular weekly gathering? What does it mean to be the church without access to a regular weekly gathering? In John chapter 20, we learn that the church is not simply about content. It's not about just this sermon for you guys. The church is about fulfilling the mission of God through Christ. It's about spreading the gospel, not just that Jesus died to save us from eternal hell, but that the kingdom of God has come near, bringing good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind. This is the church, and living into that calling is what it means to be a Christian. But how do we do that? How do we practically do something like that in the midst of this uh, current situation? Because you see, with COVID-19, the reality is that for our little church, as well as the hundreds, if not thousands, of churches that are just like us, we really don't have many options here. 
We don't have the resources. We don't have the programs. We don't have the staffing. The gathering is all we had. I mean, sure, we can do this 20 to 30 minute video every week, right? But that barely seems to scratch the surface of all that Christ is calling us to do as his church. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. But see, friends, in my lifetime, I don't know that there's ever been an event that's made us spend so much time reimagining what it means for us to be the church. And if anything, COVID-19 has taught us that just a sermon or just some Christian music is not enough for us to make up the church. In fact, it barely seems to scratch the surface of all that we as a church are called to be. And so the real question is, how do we effectively be the church at a time when so many small churches like us are hurting? Well, well, the answer that I've been learning in a lot of new ways over these past few weeks is this. It's to remember that the church is much bigger than Community Life Church. See, friends, we can't do it all. We can't do it all, especially right now. But you know, the thing is, we were never called to do it all. In his book titled, In the Shadow of the Steeple, Gene Williams wrote this, Our satisfaction should come not just from the number of heads in the house, but from the number of hearts at the foot of the cross. Our satisfaction should come not just from the number of heads in the house, but from the number of hearts at the foot of the cross. See, friends, here's something that you need to know. <laughs> we are not in competition with other churches. We are not in competition with the churches around us. See, a win for Mount Healthy United Methodist Church, or a win for Trinity Lutheran, or a win for Highview Christian Church is a win for Community Life Church. Because our concern is not with owning the market of churches in our community. Our concern, our only concern, is about the number of hearts surrendered at the foot of the cross. And see, with COVID-19, for every opportunity to live for Christ that we at Community Life Church are unable to do because of a lack of resources, for every one of those, there are so many opportunities for us to join together as a united body of Christ to carry out our commission in a way that we could have never done on our own. For example, uh, in this time, in these past couple weeks, I, I have uh, talked with my friends over at First Baptist Church in Richmond, Indiana. We've talked to discuss creative ways to engage church at a time like this. I've also borrowed resources from my former church, College Wesleyan, and as well as resources from the Anglican Church in North America. I've worked with Mulberry Community Church as we've tried to sort of figure out this uh, online streaming thing together with them and figure out ways to lead simple prayer services through this time. But, you know, even beyond just the logistics of leading the church, I've been engaging with organizations who are doing that work of Christ that I so wish that we had the resources to do here at Community Life. For example, International Justice Mission. That's an organization you may have heard me talk about before. 
but they work to protect impoverished people around the world from becoming victims of violence. They are quite literally working with governments around the world to bring good news to the poor and to set the oppressed free. But they also provide exposure to a whole host of other organizations who are doing these similar kinds of good works. One of these organizations that I learned about this week uh, is called the Asian American Christian Collaborative, who, especially at this time right now uh, with this pandemic, is working hard to bring an end to, uh, to racial injustice toward Asian Americans amid COVID-19. Another organization that you may have heard me mention before is called Preemptive Love Coalition. They are continuing their work on the front lines of war to bring food, shelter, and jobs to refugees. And then, of course, closer to home, we have the Mount Healthy Alliance, who they've always done a great job providing that essential, uh, essential services for families here in Mount Healthy. But, you know, at a time like this, those... In our situation today, their work is needed all the more. But even stepping back from those larger organizations, we see individual Christians still living out the calling of Christ for our church. Not too long ago, I was talking with Homer, and he told me of some of the ways that his neighbors were helping him out in this time, making sure that he's cared for or by helping him out with his, his yard, mowing his lawn, or making sure that he has enough groceries. And at other times, I've heard stories of, of Christians using sidewalk chalk to maybe write down Bible verses or, or, or write down words of encouragement uh, through Christ uh, on the sidewalks going through their neighborhoods. All of these things together are examples of Christians answering Christ's commission for the church. But notice here, friends, it's not just one church or even just one denomination. It's Christians all around the world who are working to fulfill the commission of Christ together. Because see, this is what we need to recognize. We need to recognize that we cannot do everything that Christ has called us to do on our own. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This commission, friends, this commission is bigger than a once-a-week sermon. And it's bigger than any one congregation. In fact, this is bigger than anything that we could ever do on our own human power. And you know, Jesus knows that. And so I want you to see what happens next. In John chapter 20, uh, verse 22, he says, it says, and with that, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, friends, there is only one power by which the church is able to continue this work of Christ. And that is by the power of God's Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is the assurance of our calling and the power which enables us to continue moving forward. We fast forward just a little bit in the story uh, to the day of Christ's ascension to the Father. Jesus says these words to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses. This is our calling as a church. This is our power as a church. Not just for here at Community Life Church, but also as the communion of saints at every place and every time. See, friends, to be people of the resurrection is to live into this commission, to stand as witnesses to Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, not divided by individual congregations, nations, races, or denominations, but living out that commission of Christ whenever and wherever possible. See, we can sit and lament the fact that our small congregation is limited by resources, by what we can do, uh, by what we can accomplish for Christ. Or, Or we can join with Christians all around the world who are already doing this good work. So, friends, I want you to know um, there are going to be some lasting changes here at Community Life Church for what it means for us together to, uh, to be the church. But for now, for now, please don't hesitate to live out according to Christ's commission just because it doesn't have Community Life Church on it. Now, I encourage you to seek out those opportunities to carry Christ's commission across denominational and even congregational lines. Because, you know, we are only the body of Christ when we are able to do his work together. And so it is with these last words to his church in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus ascended to his rightful place at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. But he left us with this commission to continue the work which he began until, until he comes again. With these wise words of St. Teresa of Avila, and may these words lead you into action this week to follow this commission of Christ and to be the body of Christ wherever you are, wherever you go, in whatever way possible. This is what St. Teresa said. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body on earth but yours. And so, friends, go now with that charge to live as the body of Christ, following this commission for the church, empowered by God's Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. You can find out more about our church by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clifechurchcincy. And while you're there, Go ahead and send us a message. Let us know how God is working in your life or how we can be praying for you at this time. We would love to get connected with you. Again, thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you have a great week.